RVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It's President's Day, so we know there is no market action, at least until later this evening. Having said that, a three-day weekend gives folks a lot of time to stew over what's been happening globally, what's been happening in the markets when we wrapped up everything on Friday. Add to it, what's the weather doing when we look at the folks in South America? We know Safrina corn crop may have some market concerns. And then let's add to the fact that we have a USDA Ag Outlook Forum that takes place uh, this Thursday and Friday. Lots of things happening as we bring in Jeff Peterson. He is with Heartland Farm Partners. And Jeff, first of all, happy President's Day. And kind of nice to have a a quieter day with no market action, but still a lot of things happening in the world. Yeah, there really is. But yeah, it is kind of relaxing. It gives a person a chance to kind of sit back and kind of survey everything and kind of get prepared for the rest of the week, Susan. Well, you talk about that survey and what are some things that are is happening and factors in these markets that they're going to be kind of watching this week into next? You know, and we have some of our normal ones we, you hear us talking about. You know, you still have to keep the Russia-Ukraine situation there because that has the ability to impact, you know, exports coming out of Ukraine. It also has a big impact on the crude oil market and the energy prices there and just the stability in that region. You still have to have that discussion about South American weather and, and how that's going to go along. And and then uh, from the, the U.S. side, you, you really have to start focusing in on the corn and soybean demand on both the old crop and the new crop side. And then the, the the whole discussion about acres, anytime we get into this USDA Ag Forum and we hear more talk and we get warmer temperatures, this whole discussion about acres starts to, to really increase. And then once you start talking about acres, then you got to continue to talk about the, the U.S. weather situation. And especially since we've had some really warm temperatures and less than desired precip across, you know, kind of the, the western corn belt and pockets and more of the southwest belt. So those are some of the major things out there that the markets look focusing on Susan. All right, it's time to break them all down. And I know earlier today, uh, the Ag Secretary's in Dubai on a, a trade mission, and he was asked a question about what's happening between Russia and Ukraine and how he could see that as a ma- market factor. And he alluded a little bit, but he said there was so much up in the air that you can't assume what's going to happen. And everybody hopes it ends in a peaceful type of workings. Yeah, you really do. And, you know, and the big thing gets to be they, they are such an important exporter as it comes to, you know, as we first think about it on the corn side, but they're also a big exporter on the wheat side. And and any type of disruption you'd have out of there, it's not that those bushels or acres go away. Um, you know, it, it just and it redirects the flow. So as a result, it makes the market nervous. But there does always be a little bit of concern this time of year. We're not talking about this a lot, but, you know, could this have an impact on the amount of acres you get planned in Ukraine if it some reason disrupt some flows if depending on what happens there so those those are some of the the deeper more detailed things we'll be watching as we go forward weather in south america has always been a water cooler talk shall we say and and they get some rains and it heats back up or they're missing the rains kind of like sounds like a summer around the united states but having said that what are you seeing right now from from your sources in south america yeah, and, and as we dig into the weather, I think the best way to kind of sum this up is big picture. It looks like La Nina is going to hang on a little bit longer than what everybody thought. You know, there had been some thought that we get out into the midsummer. You know, it's it's impacts or maybe even late spring should be waning, and and now it looks like it's going to hang on out in later into maybe late summer into you know into the fall. Um, but but going back and just taking a look, last 14 days, a little bit less than normal rainfall in Argentina and southern Brazil, so that's putting some stress. And temperatures did warm up. 
maybe a little more than what we'd like to see in those areas. Now, the next 10 days, though, it does look like we're going to have some above normal precip in southern Brazil on into Argentina. Um, but then as we start reaching out a little further, we want to keep start keeping a close eye on that. And that 8 to 14 day, you know, northern Argentina and, and southern Brazil probably looks okay on, on moisture. But we see a little bit of dryness popping up there in kind of the central Brazil part, which they can handle that at this point. Okay, no problem. But as we start talking about that safrina crop, that becomes a bigger deal. But then as we get out there in that 16 to 30, and we got to be careful about looking at those forecasts because, you know, you get much past about 10 days out. It, it's hard to get a good feel on what the forecast is going to be. But we get out in that 16 to 30, and it looks like we can see a little bit drier conditions kind of popping up there in central Brazil, um, which would once again be a little bit of a challenge there potentially for some of the safrina crop. A little too, too early to say it'd have an impact on yield, but it's something we'll have to watch. You know, and I think it's easy too to, to when you think South America, forget the mass size of the country, especially when you break it down you know, Brazil and Argentina, and, and what areas are being affected? Oh, very much so. I mean, the area that, and the distances that it covers, yes, very much so. It gets to be, it's just like us talking about going all the way from Texas, you know, up to North Dakota, some big differences there. So have we seen the lowest numbers coming in on corn and bean production at this point? You know, from from Brazil side, uh, starting there first, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, the area that I think is going to be and see some lower yields, the Rio Grande de Sul area still had some ability to be impacted, I think, um, from, for some lower yields. And then as we move on over into Argentina, uh, we think the Argentine numbers will come down yet, just a stage of where their crop is at. Um, something that we've been watching is just the uh, crop ratings, and uh, this comes out of the Buenos Aires Grain Exchange, and there'll be a new update, obviously, this week. But, Susan, to put a couple things in perspective, we'll run the soybean crop. That first week of December, their their crop was rated 88% good to excellent. By the time we got out to January 20th, it was down to 30% good to excellent. Did bounce back up to about 38% the first few days of February, but now it's back down to 31%, so we've seen that good to excellent ratings declining. And then we go over and look at the corn side. Corn started off, looked like it was going to be a really good crop, about 90% good to excellent there first few days of December. By the time we got to the third week of January, we were down to 22%. Bounced back up to about 28% first few days of February, but now it's back down to 19%, Susan. Well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to take a look at what's been happening. Is there any concerns with the Safrina corn crop, knowing the moisture that hasn't been there? I know last week they were 60% plus planted in many areas we'll take a look at that we'll look at the ag outlook forum and a whole lot more stick around it's a special edition of the fontanelle final bell on this president's day holiday you're listening to the rural radio network at fontanelle hybrids we understand there could be some tough decisions this spring when choosing seed for your farm fontanelle still has a good selection of extendflex soybeans with triple stack tolerance to dicamba glyphosate and glufosinate to handle your toughest weeds. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer about ExtendFlex soybeans and ask about our locally proven corn hybrids too. Always follow IRM, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label direct. VM. 
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation with Jeff Peterson with Heartland Farm Partners. So we left off talking about the happenings of South America. Obviously, where they're at is their harvest continues and the numbers that have dropped. Let's flip it and talk about those planters, Jeff, because the Safrina corn crop has been going in. And I know last week it was over 60% in many areas planted, but there's got to be a lot of dryness concerns for this crop. Yeah, there definitely is, you know, and just like uh, from what we've seen on that soybean crop, it was an area of have and had not. So within Brazil and the bean crop, there'd be some record yields and there's going to be some of the poorest yields they've ever had. And so far, as you take a look at the projections that are coming out of Brazil on on their, your corn crop, you know, there's been very little really adjustment on, on where their, their yields are going to be. But that, that's understandable because, you know, the, the, the corn crop that they're harvesting right now, that first corn crop only makes up about 25% of their overall production on corn. And the safrina crop will make up 75%. And as you talk about in most areas, that safrina crop is getting off to a, a very good start. Um, and what we'll have to keep an eye on those as planting does move along as you move further south, as you get into, you know, southern parts of Matagrosa de Sol, Rio Grande de Sol, on into Paraná. Um, you know, there's some definitely some dry pockets in there. And, and if they don't quite pick up enough rain, there could be some problems with getting that crop established. But overall, I think we'll get the crop established just fine. But since this La Nina is going to hang on a little bit longer, and since that does bring some dryness to the southern parts of Brazil, uh, there's a couple twofold parts of this. Uh, one, it, it does mean that there could be some areas that maybe don't quite get the amount of moisture we'd like to see. And as a result, I think we see that safrina yield come down over time. It's a little early to say that. But then the other thing we actually hear about is in parts of Matagrosa de Sol and Paraná, maybe a little bit in Rio Grande de Sol, with the La Nina coming in, there does have a tendency to bring in a frost a little bit earlier. Not a lot of talk about this, but and the main reason I don't think we'll have much of a concern this year is because this crop is getting planted so early. But the safrina crop will get more attention going forward, Susan. Well, this coming Thursday and Friday is the annual Ag Outlook Forum with the USDA. And, and I always call that a, a market-moving day one way or the other because whatever is said, whether numbers are released or not, the tone of the forum kind of sets the tone on these markets. Yeah, it definitely does. It's always great to hear uh, this time of year. You know, you get a chance to hear from the chief economist, Seth Meyer. That kind of kicks off things there on Thursday. And probably some of our greatest attention that we like to take a look at is the Friday sessions. And and uh, what we know is that Friday morning, um, we'll, we'll see... USDA's numbers in regard to acres that they think are going to be planted to all your major principal crops. And then on top of that, we'll also will get a chance to see what their yields are and they'll have their balance sheet numbers and the, and the trade will, you know, look forward to seeing that. And, and that way it gives us a way just to kind of really focus on, um, what's going on with, with, USDA's thoughts. And, but the thing we have to really kind of keep in mind about this, so Susan, is that this is not survey based. This is only through their modeling. So, so that's a big difference in the numbers that, you know, we're going to get out of the planning intentions report at the end of March. So we talked to weather in South America and you and I were talking during the commercial break about how dry it is. And the latest drought monitor that was released on Thursday does not paint a pretty picture unless you really like the colors orange and red. Um, does not paint a pretty picture right now for the Midwest. 
No, it, it definitely doesn't. And and when you have that La Nina in place, that does mean for the western Corn Belt and, and the southwest part that Kansas kind of gets really hit kind of hard with a La Nina pattern. And some of the concern gets to be does some of that dryness work its way to, uh, up to the north and east and, you know, continue to work its way into, you know, parts of South Dakota, working on its way on over into Minnesota and on into Iowa. And so, you know, as we go forward from this point on, now there's going to be more and more attention being placed in, in watching those long lead forecasts and seeing, you know, what does it look like conditions is like and, and what does our subsoil moisture look like. And, you know, what's interesting uh, initially, though, I'd say overall drier conditions will be looked at by the market and they will say, you know what? Um, the old adage, you know, planting the dust and the bins will bust. Well, really what they're saying there is if we get the seed in in good conditions and get the rain, you know, we don't have some of that sidewall compaction. But in a year like this, the other part that what that means is if we do get it put in in a little bit drier conditions, it probably means we've got a few more acres out there because we'll have less prevent plant. Looking at uh, talking about acreage and the battle that's going on, I quickly pulled up a, a tweet from a fellow farm broadcaster that said 795 gallons of a specific chemical last Last year was roughly $14,000. This year, $44,000. How is stuff like that and input costs going to weigh into this acreage battle? Yeah, they're all going to come into play. Um, Whether a person was able to prepay fertilizer last fall or going to have to buy it this spring, and does that cause them to go beans over corn? Um, Are they going to be able to get the chemicals that they want to, to put their ideal crop in? But the other thing that we see out there, Susan, is that there definitely is a lot of tightness among all crops. So whether it be oats or whether it be wheat, and depending on what part of the country you're in, there's a battle for those acres. And these go down in the southeast, it goes over to cotton. So there's going to be quite a battle, Susan. All right. How's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Jeff? Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com. You can click on the Sign Up Now button to get some free daily commentary delivered by text or email, or follow me on Twitter at JeffPeterson01. And that has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell, being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.